Welcome to Grit, a podcast about life and the long haul. I'm your host, Michael Holman, and I want to start this podcast off by saying a word of thanks to those of you who have subscribed to the podcast, rated the podcast, or shared it with your friends. I sincerely love and appreciate it. It means a lot. If you listen to any of the previous episodes, then you know that this season of the podcast is dedicated to resilience the need for it, and understanding the things that help us become more resilient. As a recap of the last episode, we spent that episode and we will spend this episode talking about coping strategies. And coping strategies are absolutely important and essential to resilience. In the last episode, we talked about emotion-focused coping. That's very important because we all experience a range of emotions various highs and lows. And so with emotion-focused coping, we first take some time to recognize the various emotions that we go through, particularly the emotions that we go through in the low moments, the valley moments. Issues and emotions such as anger, sadness, frustration, bitterness, resentment. In emotion-focused coping, we want to recognize those emotions. And then we want to process and regulate them Um, through strategies and tools such as journaling, meditation, prayer, and counseling. And I know that was a really helpful episode for me just in kind of researching it and thinking about it, and I hope it was also helpful to you. Today, though, we want to talk about another type of coping, Um, and this is a problem-centered coping, and it actually aims to change the conflict or the problem. And I know you may be saying, well, that's exactly what I need right there. Forget all that emotion stuff. I want to be able to just get to the problem. Um, The issue is that one is not really better than the other. Um, They both actually kind of go hand in hand. If you think about it, when something happens to you, you generally want to or have to kind of deal with the emotions before you can actually get to the problem. You know, before you can deal with the problem in a very um, reasonable manner, sometimes you have to calm down first, right? You have to think it out a little bit. And so these two coping strategies actually go hand in hand. Now, as it relates to the problem-centered coping, a lot of really interesting studies have occurred um, involving involving various uh, groups of people, college students, um, older and aging populations, um, cancer patients, um, those who are in various stages of grieving and, and grief. And even those who face some level of job insecurity. It's been done with people who are women who are infertile and undergoing um, IVF and many, many others. There's some really fascinating research around how people use problem-centered coping to overcome and to become more resilient. And so this is very important, right, because we know if we're not able to effectively cope with what's in front of us, it leads to anger, anxiety, um, and just a general frustration with life. So this is something that you certainly want to add to um, your repertoire, your toolkit, of how you deal with issues as they come your way. So how does it work? Well, there are a number of strategies and tactics that are involved. And kind of as the name suggests, it, it, it centers on really um, tackling or reducing or solving the problems that cause uh, stress or, or the problems that... Um, plague us. So let's think it through maybe some common scenarios that would bring a lot of stress. A lot of people immediately go to work, right? And so perhaps at work, maybe you're having issues hitting deadlines. 
uh, we seem to always miss the deadline. Or perhaps you are a manager or a leader and you're having some difficulty getting your team on the same page around a particular cause or action or topic. That can certainly cause um, a lot of stress and present a lot of problems in your life. Um, or perhaps it is um, some type of communication issue with either those you report to or those who report to you. Any of those could bring a tremendous amount of stress and problems our way. Or maybe it's not working. Maybe it's a personal relationship. Maybe it's maybe it's something around grief and you're in one of the stages of grief. You know, there are, there are many stages of grief, shock, um, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, testing, and then kind of ultimately this place of acceptance. And maybe there's something that's happening. Maybe there's a problem or a stress point, a stressor that's keeping you from getting to that place of acceptance. Or maybe it's a financial issue, right? <laughs> I know we, a lot of us have that. Uh, maybe it's bills. You know, maybe you got more bills than you got money. Or maybe you have the money, you have just issues paying on time. And so that could certainly present a lot of problems for your stress. And so really, no matter where you are, no matter what issue or situation you're in, um, problem-centered coping can really help you. And as the name suggests, problem-centered coping, a lot of the strategy deals with problem-solving. Um, and so there are, if you think about it, there are you know four or five kind of stages or steps um, to problem-solving. And you may want to write these down. Um, of course, the first one is identifying the problem or identifying the stressor. You know, it's really important to have an awareness. We've talked about that in previous episodes of having an awareness of understanding a problem before you can successively, uh, successfully solve it. You've got to take some time to analyze the problem, to, to write down what's going on, um, what's causing the stress, what's happening, when is it happening, where is it happening. Is it happening around certain people on certain days or certain situations? And, and, and what, what emotions come about, right? Because, again, you want to be able to um, recognize those emotions and deal with those first. But identifying the problem and, and taking some time to write that down, this is where I think journaling um, really comes in handy or you're just having an, another listening ear. And so once you identify the problem, then you want to begin thinking about potential um, ideas, um, ways that you might be able to solve it. And I think here it's very important to think about multiple ways because they're often uh, the problems that we encounter, the sources of stress that we encounter, um, there are generally multiple ways to tackle that. That's generally not just one particular way that we can tackle that. So you want to brainstorm ideas, you know, talk to people, talk to friends, talk to family, people that you trust, and figure out some possible scenarios. You certainly don't want to stop right there. You then want to move to a place where you're actually finding some type of solution. You're selecting a solution and, and saying, okay, out of this list of possible scenarios, uh, how am I going to proceed? And then you want to, of course, put that into action. And this is, again, kind of helpful where you know journaling comes into play where you can write down um, your plan of action. You can write down, say when things get hard, you can kind of write down the things that will keep you focused, that will keep you motivated, that will keep you in the game. And so that's very, very important. And just even writing down some encouraging words, some things um, to say, you know, I can get through this. I can, I can, I can solve this plan. I can, I, I can navigate this issue. And then, and then moving forward with that and, and working your plan, 
And then at some point later down the road, you, of course, you want to reflect on that. You want to be able to write down those things. And why do you want to do that? Well, you know, a lot of learning, a lot of problem solving is, is learning from mistakes. If something doesn't work, you want to learn from it and move on, right? You don't want to dwell on it. And, you know, maybe you uh, maybe you pick a path that you want to uh, to go on and that path doesn't work. And it's very easy to get um, frustrated, right? It's very easy to uh, to give up and say, oh, man, it's just, you know, I'm just going to resign from this thing. It's, it's, no, it's no need of me even trying this. It's just, I'm just going to fail at this. But you want to be able to learn from mistakes. You want to be able to move on from those. And, and and so that's a very important piece. But now there are other things that you can do. You know, once you put all that down, maybe you still maybe you still haven't quite figured it out yet. And in that, if you're in that place, and I certainly have been in that place, I think it's very important to keep an open mind, to think about new ways of of trying to solve a problem, staying really flexible, right? And not trying to say, okay, this is the only way that it can be done. So as we do those things, as we uh, engage in those kind of five steps of problem solving, and as we apply that to so whatever the, the issue in your life is, whether it's financial, whether it's relationship, whether it's work, um, whether it's a physical or health ailment, understanding what, what the problem is and how you feel about those problems, and then working your plan is very, very important. Now, there are other tactics and other strategies that are involved in problem-centered coping. But now problem-solving is, is going to be the main one. In my experience, the thing that you need um, most, I think, as you kind of go on this step, as you kind of embark on this journey, what you're going to need, and studies have shown this, what you're going to need is some type of support, right? You, you, you're gonna, um, you don't want to just bottle up emotions. You, you want to be able to uh, think through those things and move forward with those things. Another thing that is um, absolutely important as you go down this road um, of problem-centered coping, not only do you need really good problem-solving skills, and you'll get better with that as you do it, but research, a lot of research shows that um, having a social support system is absolutely key. You don't want to be uh, bottling up emotions, right, um, not having someone to be able to talk to about those things. Because that's only going to increase your stress levels. And sometimes if you, like me, you know, you can bottle up things so much and for so long that at some point you just have an outburst. And that, that, that's not helpful to you or the people around you. So it's good to have people in your life who you can talk to, who you can bounce things off of, who you can confide in about your stressful situation and talk to them about um, the ways that you're trying to handle it. And this will give you comfort and strength that you need to be able to deal with those situations. And so we've talked about this in previous episodes, but really begin to ask yourself, if you don't already have that support system, begin to ask yourself, you know, who are the family members, who are the friends, who are the coworkers or neighbors or people in my life um, that I might be able to share these things with? And if you don't have anyone to share it with, that's okay. Um, I think you can begin to look at, uh, perhaps people in your church, if you go to a church, if you work out, if you play sports or something like that at the gym, begin to develop relationships. Now, this, of course, is going to take time for you to be able to share those things. But there are also various meetup groups and support groups um, for people who are going through various things. So um, don't go through life alone. Find someone who you can who you can lean on. Uh, you know, as I was doing research for this particular podcast, I saw um, a report that it was a study that was done uh, on college students. And they looked at 
of course, you know, college can, can be a very stressful time as you're trying to navigate figuring out life and, and trying to manage your studies and things of that nature. But they looked at the, the, the students who had some type of social support, a friend or a family member, versus as, um, as opposed to those who had no support. And what they discovered is the people who had no support um, generally had higher levels of stress. Um, they um, were able to really not deal with stress as good. They had issues um, with college and just kind of maintaining balance in their life. And so it's very, very important to have that social structure. As I said earlier in the podcast, this there have been a lot of studies around problem-centered coping, and people have looked at various people groups. One that I found really, really fascinating was around individuals who had uh, diabetes. Um, there, there was a study uh, of people who were living with who were living with diabetes, and of course, diabetes there is a range of kind of emotional and physical. Um, toll that it can take on a person. I don't know if you, um, you know, have ever had a family member um, or a friend who's dealt with that, Um, but it can be a really life-altering event. And so the literature showed um, how well people were able to adjust to this, to this kind of uh, thing in their life, how well they were able to uh, maintain a a level of of livelihood, how well they were able to um, deal with stress, how well they were able to I just kind of carry on in life. And um, what they discovered was, again, you know, what we've already what we've already said is that the individuals that were able to use coping methods, both emotion focused uh, coping and problem centered coping, you know, those who would take who took time to learn these strategies and learn ways to cope. Uh, did much better um, and actually improved in their psychological health as, as opposed to those who didn't. And the ones who didn't uh, said generally were found to um suffer high rates of depression. They were found to have kind of a lower uh, quality of life. They had uh, problems maintaining their blood glucose levels, all because they did not have the coping strategies. But those who had the coping strategies, again, were were able to um, to, to not just, as we talked about in, in, the, in the second episode, not just um, survive, but thrive. And so coping is very, very important. So I want you to begin to think about your particular issue, your particular area uh, where you need to begin applying this problem-centered coping. I know for me, this has been an instrumental tool um, as I've learned about this and applied this to my life. So what are the areas in your life? What's your plan? How are you going to try to solve that? Take some time to write that down in a journal or on some paper. And feel free to let me know. I'm on social media, on Twitter, and you can use the hashtag Grit Podcast. Um, Let me know kind of how it's going for you. Maybe share your thoughts. It may help somebody else who's listening to the podcast. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining um, me for this podcast. I look forward to seeing you the next go around. Be blessed.